Stress shifting is a Bible teaching that is truly a life-transforming truth. Those believers who work at the mastery of this principle experience a quality of life that's truly supernatural in nature. They can say with confidence, today is the best day of my life, and tomorrow will be better. And that can be true in the face of utterly contradictory circumstances. Two foundational verses for such a glorious confession are Proverbs 4.18, But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. And Romans 8.28, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. Your path is getting brighter and sharper every day, and all things are working together for your good. This powerful confession is unequivocally true, but stress-shifting is pivotal to a success, and even so much more so as we see the end approaching. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy." and my burden is light. By faith we can take our burdens to the Lord, and by faith we can leave them there. At the same time, we are instructed to take upon ourselves the yoke of Christ and to learn of Him. The yoke of Christ is ministering to the widows and fatherless, the hungry, the sick, the imprisoned, the persecuted, etc. The prayer of faith which shifts the burden or the problem to Christ's very capable hands and taking upon ourselves the yoke of His ministry brings rest to our souls. According to Newberg and Waldman in their 2009 book, How God Changes Your Brain, stress is the number one killer in America because it damages nearly every organ in the body, especially the brain, end of quote. By faith, we can shift our stress to the shoulders of the King of Glory, who will take direct action on our behalf. Have you found this King of Glory? Are you born again? Would you like to be able to say, today is the best day of my life, and tomorrow will be better? Then click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God, now for today's subject. God said, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. God said, Exodus chapter 20, verse 11, for in six days the Lord made heaven and earth the sea and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and hallowed it. Man said, All that you see, the marvelous earth and its atmosphere, the sun, moon, and stars, the giraffe, the elephant, the great whale, the hummingbird, man and his marvelous brain, and on and on, is a product of an explosion of nothing. There is no God. Creation is an accident. Now the record. The following email came from Mike. I am an atheist and a believer in evolution. I've always been curious about the beliefs of those who truly think the earth is 6,000 years old and what proof they have to support their theories. My mission in contacting you today is not to debate you, but thank you for the information. I know that a, de a debate excuse me, would be futile, as we both believe firmly what we believe. It is not for me to change your mind or vice versa. Just know I appreciate the clear, concise way your site supports your beliefs. Cheers, Mike. End of quote. Thank you, Mike, for visiting and taking the time to email.
Our atheistic visitor, Mike, and Christians look at the Bible from two directly opposing positions, the atheist from unbelief and the Christian from the perspective of faith. The born-again have most literally been born into the family of God through childlike faith in Christ Jesus. The Spirit of God drew, and the miraculously transformed believer followed. The Bible is the owner's manual, the record our God gave to us of our history, the directions for living this life, and the map to navigate to the other shore. The unbelievers, on the other hand, must fend for themselves. But it doesn't have to be that way. Welcome to God said, man said. We're so glad you've come. These two different approaches to the Word of God, faith and unbelief, result in two very different ways of living, and its resultant fruits, and according to the Word of God, are two directly opposite endings. This feature, being penned in the year 2009, is the 200th anniversary celebration of the birth of Charles Darwin, and Carnaldom's celebration of his popularization of the doctrine of evolution. In order for evolution to have any plausibility at all, billions of years of time and chance are needed. We must mention that that it is a provably false premise, but it is what it is, and evolutionists must cling to it. Everything that evolution embraces hinges upon time and chance and their holy grail, uniformitarianism. Dr. Morse, in his book Many Infallible Proofs, defines evolutionary uniformitarianism as the concept that all things have developed into their present form by the same slow natural processes that function at present, acting over billions of years of time, end of quote. Two enormously major events took place that shatter this rule. First, God created the heaven and the earth and all living creatures just over 6,000 years ago. If you would have arrived ten seconds after God's handiwork and seen Adam in creation, etc., they would have appeared to have history, but were in fact only ten seconds old. Adam did not evolve from a primordial soup over billions of years. He was fully grown and fully functioning just as the rest of creation was. The earth and its rocks and water may have seemed to have history, but were only seconds old. The second issue is the global flood that destroyed all terrestrial creatures, save for those that were aboard the ark. The devastation worldwide was immeasurable. The water canopy above the sky was cast down to the earth. The great fountains of the deep were broken up. The water levels rose dramatically and so much more. Today, marine fossils are found on nearly every mountain peak and flood strata covers the vast majority of the earth. Those who have rejected these most provable realities, find themselves in pursuit of foolishness. Uniformitarianism in light of Adam and Noah is a vacuous hypothesis. Radiometric dating, buttressed by uniformitarianism, is evolution's flagship, but its computations are built on sinking sand. Globally acclaimed geologist Dr. Andrew Snelling, an accomplished author, and a geology research consultant to organizations in the United States and Australia writes extensively concerning radiometric dating. The following excerpts are from a feature article in Answers Magazine, October to December issue 2009. The title of the feature is Radiometric Dating, Problems with the Assumptions. Most people think that radiometric dating has proven the Earth is billions of years old. Yet this view is based on a misunderstanding of how radiometric dating works. 
An hourglass is a helpful analogy to explain how geologists calculate the ages of rocks. When we look at sand in an hourglass, we can estimate how much time has passed based on the amount of sand that has fallen to the bottom. Radioactive rocks offer a similar clock. Radioactive atoms, such as uranium, the parent isotopes, decay into staple atoms, uh, such as lead, the daughter isotopes, at a measurable rate. To date a radioactive rock, geologists first measure the sand grains in the top glass bowl, the parent radioisotopes, such as uranium-238 or potassium-40. They also measure the sand grains in the bottom bowl, the daughter isotopes, excuse me, such as lead-206 or argon-40, respectively. Based on these observations and known rate of radioactive decay, they estimate the time it has taken for the daughter isotope to accumulate in the rock. However, unlike the hourglass, whose accuracy can be tested by turning it upside down and comparing it to a trustworthy clocks, the reliability of the radioactive clock is subject to three unprovable assumptions. No geologists were present when most rocks formed, so they cannot test whether the original rocks already contained daughter isotopes alongside their parent radioisotopes. For example, in regard to the volcanic lavas that erupted, flowed, and cooled to form rocks in the uh, unobserved past, evolutionary geologists simply assumed that none of the daughter argon-40 atoms was in the lava rocks for the other radioactive clocks. It is assumed that by analyzing multiple layers of a rock body or unit, today it is possible to determine how much of the daughter isotopes, lead stronium or neodymium, were present when the rock formed via the so-called isochron technique, which is still based on unproven assumptions 2 and 3. Yet lava flows that have occurred in the present have been tested soon after they have erupted, and they invariably contain much more argon-40 uh, argon than expected. For example, when a sample of the lava in the Mount St. Helens crater that had been observed to form and cool in 1986 was analyzed in 1996, it contained so much argon-40 that it had a calculated age of 350,000 years. Similarly, lava flows from the sides of, of uh, Mount Naharuhoa uh, in New Zealand, known to be less than 50 years old, yielded ages of up to 3.5 million years. So it is logical to conclude that if recent lava flows of known age yield incorrect old potassium-argon ages due to the extra argon-40 that they inherited from the erupting volcanoes, then ancient lava flows of unknown ages could likewise have inherited extra argon-40 and yield excessively old ages. There are similar problems with the other radioactive clocks. For example, consider the dating of Grand Canyon's basalts, rocks formed by lava cooling at the Earth's surface. We find places on the North Rim where volcanoes erupted after the canyon was formed, sending lavas cascading over the walls and down into the canyon. Obviously, uh, these eruptions took place very recently after the canyon's layers were deposited. These basalts yield ages of up to one million years based on the amounts of potassium and argon isotopes in the rocks. But when we date the rocks using the rubidium and strontium isotopes, uh, we get an age of 1.143 billion years. This is the same age that we get for the basalt layers deep below the walls of the eastern Grand Canyon. 
How could both lavas, one at the top and one at the bottom of the canyon, be the same age based on the, uh, these parent and daughter isotopes? One solution is that both the recent and early lava flows inherited the same uh, rubidium-stronium chemistry, not age, from the same source deep in the Earth's upper mantle. This source already had both rubidium and strontium. To make matters even worse for the claimed reliability of these radiometric dating methods, these same basalts that flowed from the top of the canyon yield a, a Sumerian a neodymium age of about 916 million years and a uranium lead age of about 2.6 billion years. Finally, Dr. Snelling writes, So if these clocks are based on faulty assumptions and yield unreliable results, then scientists should not trust or promote the claimed radioactive ages of countless millions of years, especially since they contradict the true history of the universe as recorded in God's Word, end of quote. Dr. Snelling explained assumption one conditions at time zero and why wrong assumptions yield wrong results. Today's geologists were not at ground zero to see the earth at its beginning, but we do have eyewitnesses who have left an accurate account, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. This accurate account is found in God's holy word. Two different approaches, faith and unbelief, result in two very different worldviews. Come on in, Mike. We're waiting for you. Next week, God willing, will be part two. God said, Genesis 1-1, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. God said, Exodus chapter 20, verse 11, For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested on the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and hallowed it. Man said, All that you see, the marvelous earth and its atmosphere, the sun, moon, and stars, the giraffe, the elephant, the great whale, the hummingbird, man and his marvelous brain, and on and on, is a product of an explosion of nothing. There is no God. Creation is an accident. Now you have the record.